1: Of the world, Steve Fingerstiles.
0: So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by First Row Collectibles. If you're into nerd culture, if you're into sports memorabilia, if you're into wrestling memorabilia, please visit firstrow.ca, use promo code THEPODCAST20. This is a Canadian company based out of Winnipeg, Manitoba. So obviously to all your wrestling fans, you know they have deep roots in wrestling. So please go visit them. They got signed wrestling figures, signed pictures, signed literally everything you need or want. Even in the sports world, even in comic books, they got it all. Visit them every day because they update daily. And if you're into nerd culture and comic books, you're probably into video games. If so, please visit BossFightBooks.com today for great books on classic video games. You'll find titles like NBA Jam, Silent Hill 2, and most recently, upcoming Final Fantasy 6. Everything you see on their website is available in ebook and paperback format. So please visit them at BossFightBooks.com. If you want to support me directly the most easiest thing you could do is visit my merchandise store at tpublic.com or scroll down on today's device you're listening to on it's embedded right there in the description click on that link takes you right to the merchandise store i got everything from hoodies to t-shirts to covid masks still hopefully not for much longer but for now it's still there mugs anything you need or want is literally there but if you don't want to support anything monetarily during these times it's totally understandable the easiest thing, the most free thing, the thing I beg every week, and I'm not ashamed to say it, I beg, please, it's free, it takes two seconds. Rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms, but most specifically, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So, this week's guest is a TV personality, commentator, and an author. Best known for his run in the WWE slash F for 22 years, he is one, if not the best referee to ever wear the stripes. The legendary Jimmy Corderas. Oh,
2: man. I, how do I follow up that intro, man? <laughs> but I appreciate you saying so. Uh, uh, man, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on.
0: No, I really appreciate it. Well, it's not a lie. Like, if you think about it, you're almost in every integral match from, like you said, the, those, like I said, the 22-year span, right? So besides Earl Hebner, because everyone knows, I would assume that even amongst your, your referees, that he's like oh, yeah. the top guy, right? But then, when you go down the list, there's the next person I think of is you. I I might be biased because you're Canadian and you're also from the city of Toronto, so I know you a little bit better. But I would assume it's like that for other people.
2: Um, That's very nice of you to say. Like uh, uh, for me, it was like uh, the really the first referee that I paid attention to and noticed growing up as a wrestling fan is Tommy Young. Oh, because you know here, you know here in Toronto, we used to get a lot of uh, Mid Atlantic talent coming in. True. uh, at I, I Maple believe Gardens and, Yes And every once in a while You know Tommy Young would show up With the talent And uh, he was the first one That I noticed and said Hey you know what This guy's pretty good
0: Right So what made you get into it all Like were you a wrestling fan first Did you actually want to be A wrestler first Or was it always Wanting to be a referee
2: uh, Well it's 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 a little uh, always a wrestling fan since a kid okay. I, I enjoyed it especially here in toronto because as you knew back in the day we used to get so much of it on television on yes. the weekends between that and <laughs> hockey night in canada it was a dream for me you know right? what i mean and quick shout out you know leafs habs been 42 years just gotta say it boy am i looking forward to this is probably the only two guys that have been alive the last time they played but anyways right. in the playoffs. um just uh again there was so much but we were not only getting maple leaf wrestling we were getting from from the buffalo affiliates we were getting like mid-atlantic championship mm-hmm. wrestling we were getting uh ch- uh wrestling out of montreal international wrestling out of That's montreal right. we were getting,
0: i forgot about that
2: yeah uh, we were getting uh um i want to say uh on the the Kitchener CTV affiliate back in the day, Channel 13, on your TV dial, when you used to have to (laughs) turn it down, (laughs) you know, after Hockey Night in Canada was wrestling from Vancouver, you know, and then we'd get AWA wrestling on, on, you know, we had so much wrestling to watch and I became Mm -hmm. a huge fan. But my first interest was photography. Oh, So I would go down to Maple Leaf Gardens and I went to the office in Toronto, spoke to Norm Kimber and said, listen, I come down to every show this was when I was able to drive now and I go on my own. Right. Is it possible to get like the equivalent of season tickets as oh, close to the ring as possible? Okay. Because, you know, so what I would do is and he got me second row ringside, um, right beside. Remember the ramp that used to be level with the ring? I oh,
0: the yes. Okay.
2: Which was cool because it made the building unique. Exactly. Some, but I was right beside that okay. so i would be able to take some great pictures as the guys walked by and the uh, and, and did their thing yeah. and you know and there was a place here in toronto i don't know if they're still around i'm not going to give away the name in case they are for free mm-hmm. but they used to have a deal where you double your prints for a dollar i was making a few bucks on the side and then um well it, you know it, it didn't occur to me to become a wrestler but i thought it would it, it's a cool you know profession and stuff like that or, or even didn't even think referee at the time, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, I was taking the pictures and I was coming back and I was selling them and I was making a few bucks, right. uh, selling the pictures I was taking right beside that ramp. That's right beside, I, it was such a cool spot. Mm-hmm. And I got caught by the guy who actually took the pictures for the oh, program no. and the magazine, Elio Zarlenga, okay. selling them outside Maple Leaf Gardens. And he, <sighs> and he, he well. I don't know, he looked at, he came over and said, hey, can I see your pictures? And I'm like, sure. He says, uh, you selling them? I said, yeah, two bucks a pop. He says, you can't do that. Said, what oh. are you talking about? Who are you? And he told me who he was. I went, uh-oh. <laughs> but instead of ratting me out, he was like, cool. He said, I'll tell you what, just, oh. you know, don't do it in front of the, the, the Maple Leaf Gardens. Go down the street. Yeah, there was a hotel next door called the Carlton Inn. Yes. So I said, go in front of the Carlton Inn and do it there, kind of. Just don't don't be seen. Sure. Doing it and I'm like, okay, cool. And we became friends, and he said, you know what, maybe I can get you a job helping me out take pictures for the program in the magazine. Oh. So he introduced me to Jack Tunney. There you go. Which was cool. And Jack said, Jack said, you know what, We don't. I don't need another photographer, but we'll keep the kid around. Maybe we'll find something for him to do.
0: Nice.
2: So my first job working with with Maple Leaf Wrestling, which was now affiliated with WWF at the time, right. was whatever needed to be done. Like Jack would send me to the airport to pick up an uh like, how cool is this? You know, he'd take my Cadillac and go pick up uh, uh, Hulk Hogan at the airport wow. or Andre the Giant or somebody like this. And I'm right. Like, okay, that's cool, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, And and back in the day, they used to run Maple Leaf Gardens every three weeks. That's right. And then on Mondays, after Maple Leaf Gardens, they would do Brantford, Ontario, do three weeks worth of uh, television tapings. There. Oh, okay. So so myself and Elio would have two minibus. Oh, he'd drive one bus, I'd drive another. We'd drive the Talon back and forth from the hotel to Brantford. Okay, okay. So that's how I got my foot in the door in the wrestling business.
0: Jeez. So then how did referee all come about? Was it just right timing and right spot, right time, as they say? Or...
2: Well, it's funny because after doing all that stuff for about a year right. or, or so, uh, uh, Pat Patterson, Oh, legendary Pat Patterson, of course. Uh, really, really, he was so cool. Anyways, he goes up to Jack. He says, Jack. You know, we got the kid here. He's, he's He sits around all day waiting for us to give him stuff to do. He says, why don't we use him? Maybe we'll make him a referee. And Jack says, well, do we want to smarten the kid up? Oh. And and Pat goes, what do you mean smarten the kid up? He sits in the locker room with the boys and he chats and he sees what goes on. Okay. He says, well, might as well use him since he's here. Right. And, and and Pat turned to me and said, you go out, get yourself black sneakers, black pants, a blue powder blue shirt, and a black bow tie. And carry it with you all the time. Wow. I said, "Cool," but I didn't know enough to ask questions. Ah, okay. So all I was doing was carrying this stuff around for for a few months.
0: Wow, that's so cool! So it's not like you actually went to like a so called referee school or learned. You actually learned on the job then.
2: Uh, it was definitely on the job because, like I said, I didn't know enough to ask questions. But I was trying okay. to watch, you know, and pick up things. And, sure. And there was a a house show in Newmarket, Ontario. Right. Okay. Uh, one day, and Chief Jay Strongbow was the agent, and he says yeah. to me, uh, Jimmy Jam, he used to call me Jimmy Jam. Okay. <laughs> he says, Jimmy Jam, do you have your ref gear with you? And I said, Yes, Chief, I do. He says, Well, put it on your refin' tonight. And I didn't want to say I've never refed a match before because you know what I mean. <laughs> sure. I said, Okay, Chief. He says, uh, you're going to do one match, you're going to do SD Jones versus the Red Demon, who was who's Jose Luis Rivera. Okay. I said, at least that's cool because I was good friends with SD Jones. Oh, perfect. So I went to the locker so I went into the locker room and I said, "SD, I'm reffing your match tonight." He mm-hmm. said, "That's great." I said, "I've never reffed a match before." He says, "Just stay close, listen to me, I will get yes. you through this." And he yeah. talked me through the entire match.
0: Oh, okay.
2: And and kind of broke the ice. And now I was realizing Okay, now I could talk to him, I could talk to the other refs and start picking everybody's brain, which is you know, it, it, but that was the introduction
0: and it was so cool. No, can you Well, like you said you were in the locker room with the boys back then and all that, but until you got into the ring, what was the one thing that you were like, "Oh my god, these guys actually do this or that," thing that you never expected to learn as as a referee? Uh,
2: uh- you, you you always assumed that there was communication with the guys right. in the ring, sure. but you never realized how sometimes how subtle it is and stuff like ah. that. But you pick up on little things and 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 you know some some guys all it is is a look.
0: Mm. Okay.
2: You know what I mean. All sure. it is, is a little look, and, and you know what they want. Right. You know, not everybody's like that, but it, it, of course, but it does happen. But it, but that was one of the coolest things. And then that the other thing was that. You know, you have it in your mind that the match is put together, blah, blah, blah. But back in those days, you know, it was like, okay, here's how we're going to start. and Here's how we're going to finish. The rest was pretty much, you know, we'll call it out there, so
1: to speak. Right.
0: Yeah, of course. No kidding. That's what's so because different from live,
2: Yeah, you have the live crowd, which you feed off of, and, mm. and judging by their reaction, You know if it's working or not.
0: Well, you know what? That's the thing I always hear when listening to actual Real Wrestlers podcasts and they're talking to their peers and stuff. They're like, it's not because they're harping, but back in the day, they had to know how to adapt to the crowd, whereas nowadays you're on script. So if you veer off it and you're not adapt to knowing what to do next, you're caught like a deer in Um, headlights, right?
2: Yeah, a little bit. It it was, again, part of the learning process and, and why, you know, guys learn from the veterans and the veterans will always tell you, You never stop learning in this business. Mm. You always be a sponge and absorb everything.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Wow. So did you always ref in the WWE or did you go outside and venture anywhere else? Or was it always WWE from start to finish?
2: It it was, well, it was WWE until 2009 when when we parted ways, uh, you know. um, And then after that, uh, I made some appearances. I made like for ROH. ROH ran a show here and i did a i did a special appearance for them which was cool for me because you know i got the referee lance storm versus mike bennett oh nice which was a nice match and 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 i was honored because the crowd there was very receptive and gave me a nice little ovation which which uh, actually almost made me cry in the ring
0: oh there you go nice yeah
2: but but there's some 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 local indie guys that i know some friends of mine right and every once in a while I, i would pop in for them uh uh, Smash Wrestling was one of them. Of course, love Smash. You know, and, and yeah, and uh, and a few others uh, that I'd pop in for. You know, and just but nobody on like a, a regular basis. But you know, every once in a while I. I'd make an
0: appearance here and there Nice Well what I think If I'm not mistaken, Because everyone else Listening to the show I have a horrible memory And I could barely remember it. And that's why I love talking to people Who've been in the industry For so long Because then it makes me Relive these stories Because I totally forgot Half the stuff you were telling me And it's all just like Flooding back to me now Right But one thing Weren't you at The House of Hardcore When it was at I guess the Teddy's The Sweaty Teddy
2: Yes 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 okay. Yes Also did stuff For Tommy Dreamer as well Yes thank you for bringing that up. Uh, i also forget things too many rep bumps
0: i guess <laughs> yeah and the reason why i bring that up because of the atmosphere like again that was a raucous crowd it was and back then it was there wasn't aw or anything so you saw all these top talent guys that weren't on tv that were just about to make that jump or if they were not already on tv right mm-hmm. and yeah. it was like plus 50 and they're sweating it was goddamn horrible the oh. ring broke everything that could go wrong went wrong right yeah. Now, what's like yeah. one of the craziest things? Like on Life TV, everyone knows what happens because you could go Google it. But what about like a house show? Has there ever been something as crazy as say that house of hardcore event?
2: Not to that extent. I mean, having rope a rope break because uh, the WWE uses actual rope as opposed to cable.
0: That's true. Okay,
2: because because um, most rings have, have you know wire cable that's wrapped with rubber, mm-hmm. so that you know obviously so so your body doesn't hit actual steel cable. Of course. Now, the WWE rings are made with actual rope that are taped, mm-hmm. that are duct taped. Different colors whatever, oh, that, cool. you know, red for raw, blue That's for Smackdown right. and whatever the case may be. Right, right. Um uh but as far as accidents like that, no, no, other than ropes breaking uh nothing where it actually uh you know the occasional mm. uh cracked board
1: Oh, but nothing—nothing okay. nothing
2: that would, you know, I never nothing of that. that would actually make the the ring cave in. Okay, but uh, you know, when there was a crack board, it was like, ooh, there's a soft spot, and then you'd have to tell guys, right over here, what, see where my left foot is. Do not bump there.
0: <laughs> you know what? I've never thought of anything that, like the things that always come to mind is like pyro going wrong, like rope breaking, like even the pulse mm-hmm. coming. But I've never thought of the actual board breaking. Wow.
2: Right now, and and one time, if I'm not, I'm trying to remember who it was in the ring though. Uh, the, uh, from corner post to corner post, cross that make an X. Yes, there are steel cables there that hold the posts straight. Right. Like, uh, uh, I want to say, man, who the heck? Somebody hit the corner so hard that it broke the steel cable underneath. That the the cable is attached, you know, with a bolt and a uh, to the corner. It actually snapped that where the connection where it was in the corner. So at the bottom Ooh. of the post, and luckily it didn't cave in. But boy. It made, it made things a little interesting Let's put it that
0: way <laughs> No kidding Well speaking of Smash Because you brought it up You had mm-hmm. a wrestling match for them Your only wrestling match Correct?
2: Yes The only time I ever participated in a match <laughs> and, uh, I did it for my buddies at Smash Yes.
0: And how was that experience? Were you even more nervous Than say refing out of Wrestlemania or something?
2: WrestleMania, but I was extremely nervous because that was something I had never done before.
0: Okay,
2: I had never, you know what I mean. It always goes through your mind. It'd be cool to have a match and stuff like that. Sure. But uh, when I was approached about it by uh, Sebastian Swab, who's the head of Smash, of course, former guest. Here's what I'm. Yeah, here's what I was thinking. How do you feel about that? I said, as long as I, you know, I feel I'm, I'm cool about doing it, but at the same time, I don't want to you know, look like a guy, anyways, uh, hard to explain it. I don't want to look like, a, 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 I don't want to look like I'm a seasoned professional wrestler at the same time. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, like, I
0: totally get I, it. I'm,
2: I'm, yeah. You know, if I go in there and I start doing moves, like I've been doing this all my life, then
1: <laughs> right. you know,
2: uh, it, it doesn't make sense to me, but it was cool because I got to work with Tarek and, uh, and Brent Banks. Oh, there you go. Two, two, two good, two, two good dudes or so, and um, uh, they allowed me to do a little thing to get myself over at the end of the match. After the match was over, I got to do the uh, the referee's elbow.
0: Oh, there you go. On uh, which
2: was basically a complete rip off of the Rock's elbow, of course, the People's elbow. But uh, you know, I made it fun because. I went to go take off the armband, and I didn't have one, so I pulled one out of my pocket, put it on to take it off. Anyways, it was it was more to have fun, and and he gave me that once in a lifetime experience, and I'll never I'll never forget Swabi for that.
0: So now, again, being a referee, you must have taken a, a ton amount of bumps, and even going down doing the counts, that wear and tears on your shoulder, on your knees, all that stuff, right? Yeah. So, yeah. did you actually do bumping training at one point in, in time?
2: No, nope. and, really. And the, 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 yeah, it's 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 weird because I put it this way: if a referee bumps like one of the boys, right, then he looks like he's a train. He's oh, trained to take bumps.
0: That makes sense. The referee
2: bump. The referee bump. In my opinion, and right. a lot of other referees' opinions, should not look like he is trained to take bumps.
0: Okay, gotcha. So,
2: but at the same time, it's the challenge is to
0: to do it in a way where you don't hurt yourself. That exactly. That's my point. Yeah. <laughs> Because
2: flat backing is the safest way to do it. But at the same time, right. if you do a flat back, we, they go, ah, see, he's trained.
0: Makes sense. No, that totally makes sense. And now it makes sense why when the referees take the bump, they flail their arms and go like all over the place. Because, yeah, in actuality, you're not supposed to know. And if a regular person was right. to get run over by a wrestler, that's what they would do too.
2: Probably. You try, to, you try to make it, again, for lack of a better term, as real
0: as possible without making it look like you've been trained to do it. So now I got to know too and I'm sure it's out there but for listeners who haven't checked out everything of yours what's the worst bump you've ever taken? Oh my goodness.
2: Um, it, it's going to sound weird but okay. two of them I'll give you two. Sure. Uh, it, one the, see and this is from somebody who took the 747 from the one man gang. Oh wow. Which is which is a front face suplex. Yes. Supply, uh, <laughs> which was no. devastating but I came out of that okay. okay. I was still a youngster at the time, but oh, there you go. a little while later, um, was it was it Vader? Yes, it was Vader. I mm. was doing a Vader match. With, he was wrestling Salvio Vega, and he was beating up Savio, Threw him out to the outside, and I got and he headbutted me. Wow! Like he grabbed me and he gave me a headbutt. Yeah, yeah, and. He gave me a second one, and the second one was like, "Oh my goodness!" I got knocked loopy, threw me out of the ring, and I landed right beside Savio. And he could, he looked in my eyes and goes, "Stay here, don't move."
0: Oh, so he, he could knows. tell I was kind
2: of loopy from it. Yeah. And the other, and the other one that, that that I've talked about before is, and it's not Jimmy Hart's fault. Okay. WrestleMania Four, Honky Tonk Man versus uh, uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Cake, yeah. Beefcake gets Honky in the sleeper. Right. Jimmy Hart jumps up on the apron, I go over to him, there's the distraction, I try to get him down, as he's about to get down, I turn around, and he waffles me with the megaphone. Wow. Which was fine, no problem, right. but I want, this is WrestleMania in my mind, and my first WrestleMania, oh, wow. I okay. want this to look good. Right. So I face plant, but my hand slip slid out, oh, and no. my chin hits the <sighs> canvas, and Ooh. I'm out. Like, right. No ifs, ands, or buts about it, I'm okay. out. You know, and
0: don't remember anything until they got me to the back. Really? Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. And it's funny that you bring up WrestleMania 4 as being your first WrestleMania, because that's oddly enough what got me into wrestling was watching WrestleMania 4, that whole tournament format and everything. Mm Because, like, okay, like I say I'm a long-life wrestling fan, but I really started at around age 11 or 12, because before that... My brothers tried to scare me for some odd reason to watch wrestling. Like, they'd force me to sit, like, as a two- or three-year-old, and I would just cry, they would tell me. And it, like, literally scarred me, seeing, like, these muscular men just colliding with each other to the point where I never wanted to watch it. As soon as I saw that WWF sign for, like, superstars or challenge on Saturday, I would run out of the room screaming. But then I watched WrestleMania 4 when I was a bit older, obviously, and then I was, like, hook, line, and sinker, and that's it. Yeah. It's amazing. Everybody has
2: a different attraction to wrestling who is a wrestling fan and different things uh, for me it, it's the diversity of the character i, I really gravitated towards the characters
0: right yeah. and is that actually something you miss nowadays because everyone knows the glory days or the of the 80s where we had all those gimmick wrestling and then after the attitude era where everyone was showing the extension of themselves nowadays everyone compares it to being cookie cutter it's out of a factory or do you not think that at all
2: well, I think there's a little bit of that, but at the same time, I think that's an oversimplification, if that makes sense. Uh, for me, what I miss today is tr- true heels and true baby faces. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Like, you do, everybody wants to be that the cool heel. Yes. Like like a rock, like a stone. Cold. Nobody yep. wants to be that hated guy because you know. I don't know if merchandise has to do with it. People want to sell their merchandise. They want to sell their T-shirts and stuff. So right. if you're a heel, technically you don't sell stuff. Right, if people right. don't like you, don't sell stuff. Of but uh, I don't know. Is it because the fan has changed and they become more savvy to to the business? I or Ooh. at least they believe they have. Let's put it that way. right. But because uh, everybody everybody reads these sheets on the internet, whatever. But that's what I miss the most is is mind you I get that from a Roman reigns okay true. because I feel like he he's he's more like a traditional heel right and when you look at aew you look at a guy like uh, uh, an Mjf there's another one you're yeah. getting it from you're getting it from him uh,
0: underrated Baron Corbin oh yes there's a good one yeah
2: yeah it's it, so but as far as baby faces go it's weird because every time it almost feels like every time there's a uh, now this guy here here we go with his baby face it's like fans are going oh they're pushing him down our
0: throat oh you know what that's true Uh,
2: yeah i see. see see for me i always i have this sit back and wait attitude i'm I'm, right you know i want to be entertained yes you know and if you're being pushed down my throat but you're entertaining me i don't care
0: i hear you yeah Yeah, it's so true because uh I'll be honest too. At first when the dirt sheets started becoming famous on the internet, I was hook line and sicker too, because I wanted to know the so-called ins and outs of the business, right? Even even now I still don't know the ins and outs. And I talk to wrestlers and people in like you in the industry, right? And it's not that and I don't want to know because it's not for me to know, right? But now I don't listen I don't even listen to wrestling podcasts anymore. I don't listen to I don't read the dirt sheets. I just Watch, and I talk to wrestlers now on the show. And that's where I get my gist of it. And I don't know if I'm wrong half the time in my opinions or not. So that's why I try and bring it up and whatnot. So,
2: Look, uh, there's a difference between opinion and saying right or wrong. See,
0: uh, I like that. Like I said, I like see,
2: that. for me, okay, I grew up in the business learning different things from different people. Right. And this is the way I see things. So, like, when I do my little thing that I, like, do I call my rough and rants. Right it is based off what I learned. And a lot of people will agree and a lot of people will disagree with what I have to say. Sure. And even, even people in the, in the, in the industry will say, well, I don't see it the same way because me growing up, this is the way I learned it. And, and that's perfectly fine. As long as uh, I hate to put it, simplify it like this. It isn't right or wrong. If it works, it, it's right. If it works. Right. You know what I mean? I see what and you're who am I? Who, who am I to say, that's wrong if it's if it's making a company money
0: yeah no kidding it's so true and the other reason why i stay away from dirt sheets and all that stuff is i like to be surprised with wrestling like even when there's a pay-per-view and i can't watch a live i mute my tweets like i don't go on social media just so i could watch the next day and see if there's someone who shows up see if there's a title change and not have to read it right
2: exactly i hear you no i absolutely hear you i agree
0: Well, you've been in the ring with the who's who. So, if obviously, I'm sure everyone's talked about, like from Edge cashing in the money in the bank, from even the tragedy of Owen Hart, all that stuff. But what's one of your top five experiences of being, I guess, not because of the wrestlers, but because of something you thought you accomplished as being as a referee? Well, uh, you brought
2: up Edge, and and I I have to say, um, getting to to officiate the main event at WrestleMania 24 between Edge and Undertaker <laughs> mm-hmm. has to be it because okay. I was not originally scheduled to referee that match. Oh! But, but and I remember coming into a TV taping before WrestleMania in Little Rock, Arkansas, and I ran into okay. Edge in the locker room and I said, mm-hmm. hey, Ishter, what's up? He says, Jimmy, come on, come with me. I want to talk to you. And I said, okay. sure. <laughs> So he calls me over. He says, look, uh, WrestleMania is coming up. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, cool. yes, I know. He says, uh, Edge and I would, uh, Taker and I would like you to referee our match. Oh. So i take you over to Taker. So he right. took me over to Taker and he says, Yeah, we want you to
1: referee our match. Yeah, yeah. I said, well, I, said I would
2: love to, but it's not up to me, unfortunately. But you guys have the poll. <laughs> <laughs> <Whatever. laughs> sure. Yeah, and, and, and of course they got it done and it, it was by their wow. request. And, and I was honored and scared at the same time because th- I'm saying, This is the coolest thing ever, but at the same time, I better not mess this up. Right. Shit. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that ha- that's a great accomplishment, and uh, man, the fact that you know more times than than I, I want to brag about, um, just guys saying to me, you know, uh, so what do you need me to know? And he said, "You'll be fine. You know, this is here's the finish. You'll be fine after. Yeah, don't worry about it." Right. And them having confidence in me is what you know was satisfying to me.
0: No, of course. And there's always one thing I always wanted to know, too, as being a non-wrestler, like even with managers or writers or whoever, are you guys treated differently from the so-called superstars or do they treat you... Or does management treat you guys differently or is it all one big happy family? Uh, it's it's a
2: little bit of everything. I mean, obviously okay. you're not treated like the boys are treated or the girls are treated because you know they're the superstars, they're the talent, they're the sure. ones that make the money. Um, we kind of have... I don't want to say it's cliquish, but at the same time the referees kinda of hang out together. And okay. We have friends we have good friends that are the boys and the girls, you know, that that we hang out with as well. It, it's kind of like a mix of everything. And uh we're not really treated differently, but uh we're expected to, to follow the rules so to speak, you know, the, the the quote unquote
0: rules of the game. So even when these guys travel down the road it'll all be referees smashed into one car and all that?
2: Not necessarily. Okay. I mean like um Uh, you know, it it would alternate, you know, sometimes you just get your group. Now, for me, because I was not only a referee, but I was also part of the ring crew, Mm. you know, the guys, guys would not wait around until after I was done tearing down the ring and stuff like that. So, um, usually the car would be myself, uh, Tony Chimmel. a lot of times Mike Chioda. Okay. And, uh, and uh, Larry Heck, who is a trainer, Okay. because he would have to stick around too for a while. So, Mm. it's kind of like we became our own little click, so to speak.
0: Now, I got to know, too, before cell phones, what the hell did you guys do to entertain yourselves on those long trips?
2: Oh, just <laughs> put on the radio and tell goofball stories and, and just talk. We actually talk to each other. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How crazy is that idea?
2: <laughs> I know. It may, amazing, yeah?
0: So now the other thing I want to know, too, who's the person or superstar or whoever you, you've been in the ring most with or refereed most? Do you even know that?
2: Oh, I couldn't tell you for the life of me. I, really? Okay. I, I have been honored and privileged to have refereed some of the greatest names ever in this industry. Man, of the, the most? Man, I couldn't tell you. I, I really, really couldn't.
0: And now, as a referee, do you prefer reffing tag matches or multi-man matches or just single one-on-one? Or what's easier?
2: Uh, it depends on who's in the match. Oh, okay. I, I'll be honest with you. Like, I... Single match. I loved working with Eddie Guerrero, especially during that lie, cheat, and steal era. Oh man! Because it was fun. Yes. Because the other thing I say about referees, referees uh, should be invisible until they need to be seen. Thank you. You know what I mean? Yes. They shouldn't be a distraction. You shouldn't be saying, "Hey, look what the ref is doing over there." When something else is supposed to be, you're supposed to be focused on. Uh, unless a spot calls for the referee to be noticed. You know what I mean? Sure. That kind of sort. That sort of thing, and. I always tried to to, to to do that, but then I'd be in matches with Eddie during that light, cheat, and steel era. Yeah. And and sometimes you would be brought out of the shadows a little bit. Okay. And it was kind of cool, but at the same time, it was like, okay, now the pressure's on. I got to <laughs> look, not look like I'm performing here, so to speak.
0: Yeah, no okay. Well, because I, I want to bring this up, too, because nowadays... Well, this is WWE I'm speaking because AEW does a great job of highlighting the refs. But you don't even know no one referees' names. They don't even highlight them. Nothing, no spotlight, nothing. Where back in the day, you knew every referee's name when they stepped in, right. like in the ring. Now, do you prefer it right. that way, like you said? Is it better to disguise them that way? Or do you like a little bit of personality?
2: Um, okay, this is going to be hard to explain because uh, I have an issue with the, the referees being kind of... Ignored in the WWE and and nameless, yes, so to speak. But at the same time, I think the referees in AEW overdo it with getting themselves a a little too much noticed, if you know what I mean. Sure, Uh, um, a a little too much. I I won't again. I'm not going to call them by name, but there's one in particular there that uh, just oversells everything. Mm. Like you know, every time there's a huge bump or something like that. He sells it like he was the one who took the bump.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay.
2: And and that's way too much. Uh, but at the same time, it, you know, you can get just as much mileage out of a slight facial reaction. Mm-hmm. You know, just a small a small movement or whatever. Instead of, like, if somebody gets hit, hit in the shoulder, you don't go you don't go like this. You don't go, uh, oh, my God, he got oh, hit in the shoulder. Why okay. are you grabbing your shoulder? You know, all you have to do is like, ooh, that looks I, I, there, there's a happy medium there somewhere. It's okay to say referee um, referee Charles Robinson, but yeah. everybody knows who Charles is. Of course, you know what I mean, but you know nef- re- referee uh, Daryl Daryl Sharma, who's in NXT. You know no. what I mean, or Jason Harris, or whoever it may be. It's okay to mention their name, so but you don't have to overdo it. It's it, I used this reference a, a little while back. <clears throat> You don't know the name of the Sunshine Band, but KC needs them.
0: Ah, I like it.
2: <laughs> there's no there's no there's no uh, there's no music without the Sunshine Band. Right. You don't know each individual name, but there is no KC without the Sunshine Band.
0: Now how about favorite gimmick match to referee?
2: Ooh. That's interesting, you know? Uh, um you know what? from 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 a personal standpoint I, I would have to say sometimes uh the uh, it sounds boring but the okay. the cage match okay sure. especially considering it, it, where the where the rules are to escape the cage because okay. you're outside you're manning the door oh. and again you are not a focus you're not in the middle there or I something like it. that yeah. you know you're you're kind of in the background you're yeah. the sunshine band but uh, I, I think I like that best because, you know, when they're climbing over, you could kind of make your way over to the side where they're climbing. If they're trying to you motion to the door, you open the door, you know what I mean? You can do your little things there, but you're not in the ring actually being a distraction. It's, the focus
0: is completely on the talent. Now, I got to know, too, what, what's better, the old blue cage or the new steel cage?
2: Oh, man. Uh, for setup, the steel cage. The blue cage was heavy.
0: Oh, really? <laughs> okay.
2: But at the same time, the blue cage made it easier for the guys to climb.
0: Because of the footing, yes.
2: Yes, it gave them better footing and stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah, I see But, but um, I wouldn't want to bump into that steel as opposed to uh, – into the, the, the old blue steel as opposed to the cage. But then again, I haven't been rammed into it, so I couldn't tell you which one hurt more.
0: <laughs> and then the other thing is you got the privilege of literally being from one generation to the other and then transitioning from – like, the Attitude Era to the 2000s and all that. Now, when did the earpiece c- come into effect? And how was it, with, like, the first few times using it?
2: Um, it was cool. I mean, it was a cool concept because be- before the earpiece, we used to get signals from the timekeeper at ringside. You know, he'd fly. Ah,
0: like okay.
2: five minutes, four, sure. three. Okay, and okay. And then, you, you know... If they needed to go home, you know, he put the pencil in his mouth. Oh, you know, and it's like, okay, that, gotta go home. Okay. He'd look over. And he's like, all right, guys, gotta go home. Right. And then, uh, man, when did the earpiece come in? I wanna say mid, mid 90s, uh, well, somewhere around there. And it, it was cool because now they could count you down and you didn't have to, you know, go out of your way to look over. Like, especially trying to look at the, at the, at the, the timekeeper at ringside, when there's a cameraman at ringside blocking your view, oh, now you got to try and look around to see right. what the signal is or something. So now they're talking to you, and at first it was cool because it was just okay, six minutes to go, five to go, four to go. and Then it became a tool. Uh, tell them to do this. Oh, to do that. Right. Tell them to do this. That's and what I figured. Like, oh, yeah. Now I got to discreetly pass these messages along, and, but, which was fine. I didn't have an issue with it, but right. it, sometimes. Sometimes the guys would be, you know, like, okay, stop stop talking to us. Stop telling us what to do. And I said, it's coming from the back. It's not from me. I'm not telling you
0: what to do. <laughs> <laughs> so who, who who would be usually on the other end of the earpiece?
2: Well, Gerald Driscoll usually manned Gorilla, but okay. the, the the agent for the match would sit with him. So sometimes oh. it would, the agent would grab the mic and just say, hey, tell him to, to, to get to this spot. Tell him to, to hurry up and get to this, right. and, uh, whatever going to the heat, you know, mm. so whatever the case may be, you
0: know. And how many times would you have to guess, just on general, would um, they reverse or switch the outcome of the match midway through? Oh, no. Nah, um, Not much?
2: Very rare, very oh, rarely okay. have I ever had that happen. Very rarely.
0: Yeah, because that's so what I was always I wondering, e- too. I couldn't
2: even give you, a, yeah, to the point where I couldn't even give you a specific instance where it happened.
0: And the other thing, too, I always wanted to know, and I'm sure it's happened to you, too. When, you, when you're when you about to perform and count the last three and you know they're supposed to kick out, how many times have you followed through or have you done anything to not follow? Like, and what's your stance on all that?
2: Uh, we were told. I mean, like, there had been some instances where, you know, you kind of fudge the, the count when they're supposed to kick out and they don't. Okay. And, and, and you kind of, like, whatever... Stupid move you do to, to try and cover it up. Sure. And Vince Vince McMahon himself told us, listen, if they don't kick out mm-hmm. before your hand comes down for three, that's on them, not on you.
0: Oh. As long as
2: you keep your count consistent.
0: Okay, gotcha.
2: That, that's not on you. That's on them. It's on the talent. So, you know, I, I had one instance. I go, who did I count out? My goodness, see, my brain is just... I remember <laughs> counting somebody out and we got to the back and they said, that wasn't the finish. I go, I know. Then why'd you mm. count me out? You didn't kick out. Uh. Yes, I did. And then they went back and watched it. And he goes, oh, you're right. I didn't. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Now, you, you brought it up too. When you first were refereeing, you were always scared to mess up. Now, have you had any serious mess-ups? And even on TV?
2: Um, yeah, I wish I could. Again, uh, <laughs> I'm human. You know, like I make mistakes. And, right. and um. Oh, I do remember one... Uh, a one time where I messed up, um, it, was Ed, it was, of all things, it was Edge versus Shelton Benjamin in a match on okay. TV, and the, the the finish was really a sunset flip out of nowhere. Oh. Edge, Sunset, Flip, Shelton, Benjamin out of nowhere, Sure, and, and I count three, and for some reason, when I was counting, I didn't think that was the finish. Oh. So as I was coming down for three, I saw he wasn't kicking out. And I was like, it, it was almost like a little hiccup hesitation kind of right. thing. But you could tell I, I I double clutched, let's put it that way, before hitting three. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we got to the back and the agent for the match says, what happened there? And I said, I, I just had a little hiccup. That's all. That's all. I, that's how I explained it. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to tell him I completely forgot the finish because that would have got so much heat. But I <laughs> forgot the
0: finish oh my goodness that's so cool yeah it's so nice to hear these type of stories and you obviously you put out a book and you said you, your memory is not the greatest like mine so what is your book all about is it just stories from the road or is it just what is it it's
2: it's a little it's a little bit of everything it's okay. how i <clears throat> excuse me it's how i started how i got into the business stories from the roads uh throughout the years until um leaving wwe in 2000 early 2009 and some stuff afterwards uh get you know transitioning into um, television and uh, being an analyst with first the score and then Sportsnet, and right, uh, right after wrestling, it was called originally, then became Aftermath, moved yep. into Aftermath, and and uh, that journey as well. And thank you to, to Ardo Cal and of course Rene Paquette for yes. for 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 getting me started in that, but mostly Ardo Cal because it was him and I that did the the Monday night radio show right after Raw
0: mm. live on you know so. Right, so that's the origins. Oh, that's pretty cool, yeah. too. So what did you enjoy the most of doing, like, those tech review shows? Or were you even, like, hesitant because you're like, oh, I still know some of the people. I don't want to badmouth them. Or were you just like, this is total honesty. I'm just going to let it go. That
2: was the hardest part okay. to do because you are friends with these people. And, that's why. And, I, again, it's not meant... As a shot at anybody, it's just a critique. Okay, is all it is. You know what I meant, and and, and that's what I had to learn most of all. Don't be afraid to critique.
1: Mm, as long as that's you're not, fair.
2: as long as you're not throwing somebody under the bus, and you're not sure. trying to bury somebody or whatever. As long as you're honestly critiquing something, which is your opinion, again, my opinion, mm-hmm. then it's all good.
0: Oh, that's cool. That's cool to hear. Now I gotta know too. Since you traveled so much, give me your favorite arena and favorite city
2: goodness uh, favorite arena will always be maple leaf gardens it'll always be home
0: nice for like me. That one. i
2: can't I, you know there's so many great buildings like i've been in madison square garden i've been to uh, uh, the old forum in montreal <laughs> oh, i've been
0: okay.
2: uh, overseas i've been to one i've been to every but Maple Leaf mlg will still be home mm. and 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 always be my favorite place and uh um what was the uh, second part of that? See, see how to bring
0: more favorite cities.
2: <laughs> favorite cities. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ah, uh, my goodness. They're so I see? Uh, see. I like Australia. Okay, I like Melbourne. I like I like Melbourne, Australia. Uh, but the
0: airplane. I don't know how you guys used to do those long treks. Uh, God bless you guys. I could never. Like I, I like. I don't even want to go to Hawaii. My wife's dying to go, and I'm like, that's too far for me, man. <laughs>
2: Once you get hit the hang of sleeping on the plane, it becomes. Oh.
0: Okay. Yeah. That makes Especially
2: sense. on those long trips. When guys aren't keeping you awake,
0: that is. <laughs> of course. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: And how about ribbing? Were you a part of any of those old school ribbings? Did you partake yourself or were you just, nah, I'm staying away from all that? Um, I, did, I very
2: rarely rib people because if you rib, you're going to get ribbed. Ah, good point. Yeah, I've been good ribbed point. on a few occasions. And, and, of course, the legendary Owen Hart, I've been ribbed by him as well. Nice. Uh, you know, he, he was a classic ribber. None of his ribs were harmful, though. You know, that was the best part about it.
0: He was, his right. were funny. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I always say. was almost like
2: an honor. It was almost like an honor. Oh, Owen got me. How oh,
0: cool. <laughs> 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 well, I don't want to bring up too much about Owen, but the one thing I want to know about the whole dark side of the ring documentary and all that that comes out, do you enjoy these type of so-called documentaries that come out unveiling all this stuff? Or do you just take it as like a fan and just sit back and, and watch it?
2: No, I'm glad they do them. Like I I said before, as long as the truth comes out in them, as opposed to trying to purpose... As long as you're not purposely trying to, again, throw somebody under a bus or bury somebody, and you're just just being honest Mm. in these things and telling an honest story, I'm okay with it. I don't have an issue with it.
0: Oh, that's cool to hear. So what are some of your favorites that you've watched? I'm not saying just Dark Side episodes, just in general, that you think anyone Uh, should watch.
2: Oh, man. Uh, Of course... um, the one you mentioned, um, uh, the, the, the latest A and E ones, A and E documentaries that are on now. Oh, okay. I really enjoyed I, I really enjoyed the Piper one. Okay. You know, I, I, getting because I knew Roddy. You know, right. it, it's funny because the ones that get to me are the ones that, the guys that I knew well. I knew Roddy well. I knew uh, Randy Savage well. Mm. I knew uh, uh, I knew Steve Austin pretty good well. You know, so right. getting to see these things and then. And getting to see some of the stuff, and you go, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, oh, look at that. I, wow. Oh, I totally forgot about
0: this. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Okay, so before we get to the word story of the week and we wrap this up, I just got to know some personal stuff about you. What's some of your favorite movies and TV shows? Oh, my goodness. Favorite TV
2: shows. Uh, I was I was a big fan of The West Wing. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, that was one of my favorite um uh, Shows, oh my goodness. But I'm an old school TV guy.
0: Oh, so am I. That's why I'm asking. You, you know, like uh,
2: you, the old Dick Van Dyke show.
0: Okay, now that's going a little too world. far. Yeah. <laughs> no,
2: but I love that show. And right. It, you know, the, you know I, shows that wouldn't fly today, like All in the Family, I thought was was funny and stuff right. like that. Um, man. Uh, and other than that, you know, I, I was a big hockey guy. Really? And I had to watch my Leafs, you know. Uh, no, I don't watch them as much now but uh i will during the playoffs because you know hey it's been since 1967 and i got my fingers
0: crossed <laughs> <laughs> see unfortunately now i gotta break it to you jimmy sorry i don't know if you're gonna hang up on me but i'm not a leafs fan i've been a penguins fan since the day i was born pretty much and as soon as i saw the Mew play for the first time to me that was something special to see someone that big and that looks like he's someone that shouldn't be that big, able to stick handle and pass and do mm-hmm. everything. Like, if you look at him in stature, he should have been one of those checkers, one of those grind. Like, you know what I mean? But I don't know. There was just no, something I about it. him.
2: No, I absolutely. No, there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely <laughs> nothing wrong with that. We'll see you in the finals.
0: <laughs> that's right. Because this season, they're on opposite sides. Yes, you're right.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, that's pretty cool. Okay, now, how about favorite foods?
2: Oh, my goodness. Where do I begin? Okay. Anything my wife cooks. Okay. Anything? My she is, and, and I'm not just saying this. She is a tremendous cook, and, and how I am able to still fit into my clothes, I am shocked. <laughs> Especially during this pandemic, where we've been home so much. But at the same time, we've been right. we've been trying to we've been trying doing our walks and trying to get in. You know, of course. Our our exercise, but at the same time, she's fat. But um, you know, I'm I'm a meat lover. What can I tell you?
0: Oh, really? Okay. Yeah.
2: You know, give me the give me the, the, the steaks, uh, chicken. Okay. Whatever. Yeah.
0: Uh, I'm with lamb. You really? Okay. You know,
2: be, of course, being of Greek descent, I, I love the lamb. You know.
0: Makes sense. Yeah. Makes absolute sense. Okay, so now I got to know too. How do you take your steak? uh
2: more medium well because uh, okay. I, I'm not. See, I, I know Vince is very. He likes it very red. Ooh. Uh, no for some here. reason, for for some reason, I've always. I guess because growing up in a Greek
0: family, they cook everything. See, same you with being Portuguese their, descent. The same thing with yeah, us. We like everything well done.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so I like it more to the well done side, but, uh, you know, that's just the way it is.
0: Yeah, no And you know what? I used to be embarrassed when I'd go to a restaurant and I'd be like, I like my steak well done, more to the well Cause then they're just yes. okay, fine. But you know what? Now, as I'm older, I don't care. Yeah. It's my preference. If yeah. you don't like it, exactly. then obviously I'll have to take my business elsewhere. Like I never understood that about people. Who cares how you take your no. food?
2: Exactly, exactly. Oh, and one other place I have to I have to mention uh, since I'm a big fan of their sure. their smoked meat, Schwartz's in Montreal. I love smoked meat.
0: Oh, see, I'm again. I'm not a big fan of like deli stuff. Like even when I went to Montreal, I had their poutine. I love poutine. It's great. Yeah. But, like, like smoked meats, like, pastrami, like, roast beef, stuff like that just grosses me out for some reason.
2: Okay, you're making me hungry now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> How about hobbies? What, what do you like to do on your free time?
2: Well, um, I, it used to be golf.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, almost, but, uh, almost. I don't know if you heard, well, as of this open, recording, so, yeah, they're going to open soon. Yep. So. Yep, I heard,
2: but still, it's, it's uh, you know. Uh, I'll wait I'll wait till I'm fully vaccinated I got my first shot I'm Okay there you go I'm still waiting to get the second one So um, But yeah And You know Right now Hobbies is mostly walking hm. And reading now Sure Yeah
0: No that totally makes sense Okay now One thing you miss About traveling on the road And one thing You don't miss about traveling uh, the,
2: Okay let's start with What I don't miss mm-hmm. Is The hours The hours spent traveling actual traveling going through airports getting on planes then getting in a rental car and staying in hotels and and the travel in between towns and that sort of stuff i do not miss that in the least Mm. i don't mind visiting the cities it's just that uh, getting there and all that sort of stuff is is the stuff i i do not miss at all but what i do miss is the camaraderie and the friendships that i developed over the years with my with my comrades in arms so to speak and and yeah, I miss every once in a while. I'll, you know, I'll shoot Chimmel a text message sure. or somebody a text message, and, and just say, "Hey, just saying, what's up and whatever." And and that's about But the camaraderie and the and the friendships that I developed over the years, I miss those. I miss actually physically being there to hang out and, like you said, go for a meal and have a have a pop or something like that.
0: So does that mean if they have one of these uh, throwback smackdowns again, if you were invited, you would show up?
2: Uh, yeah. I don't know how you'd keep me away.
0: <laughs> That's awesome And how about your thoughts with the Hall of Fame Do you think more referees should be inducted Or should it just be strictly the superstars And have them focus Because like you said It's all about the superstar right
2: It is about the superstar But again you're, you're still part of the, uh, the show and, and there are parts of the Hall of Fame That are for, for other added people in the, in the industry I mean they sure. have it for announcers They have it for that sort of thing That's So true. why not the referees Because you are a part of the, uh, the, pres- the overall presentation
0: Yeah, it's so true. Perfect. Couldn't say said it well myself. Ready for the worst story of the week? Yes. All right. So, everyone's driven, obviously. I would hope so, who's of age. And if you you haven't, I'm sorry, then you can't really relate. But I'm sure driving around, especially in cities and even on the outskirts, there's stuff that hits your windshield, pops off, rocks all the time. I don't know about you, Jimmy, but I go on the 427 here in Toronto daily. And Mm -hmm. right by the airport... Almost guaranteed every time. There's always rocks getting thrown at my windshield. So I got a question for you. What's the weirdest thing to ever hit your windshield?
2: Oh my goodness! Uh, this is the, uh, the weirdest thing to ever hit my windshield. And and I forgot. I should have wrote about this in my book. And I oh,
1: didn't. okay.
2: Uh, dr- I actually hit a turkey. What? Yep. It was weird. It was up, wow. Uh, driving driving back, uh, crossing from Manitoba into Ontario. Sure. I didn't even think they had him up there.
0: <laughs> I know, right?
2: You know, what, you know what I mean? So cold. And and all of a sudden, uh, I guess he was on the side of the road and got sh- scared by something and boom, hit the windshield, crack. There you go. Wow. And then but you know, and I got scared because then I drove all the way back to Toronto. Oh shit. In the ring truck with this cracked windshield until, you know, take it in and get it replaced.
0: Oh, well, well it could have been worse. What if the turkey got stuck in the windshield? <laughs>
2: Uh, well, at least I could have brought him home and had my wife cook
0: him. <laughs> you know, know. That's true, right? Farm turkey is the best turkey, apparently. Yeah,
2: I guess, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, so this week's story comes from Florida. So a 70-year-old woman was driving down I-95 with her daughter when a flying object struck the windshield and actually went through hitting this poor woman right in the head. So that's why I was asking if it got stuck or anything. Ooh. So if you, if you would have to guess... It's not rocks. It's not anything like that. What do you think hit this poor 71-year-old woman right in the head?
2: Where was this? In Florida? Florida on I-95. Oh, my goodness. Something went oh, uh, Crocodiles <laughs> don't fly. Okay. Or gators, sorry. So Flamingo? I have no idea. I'm thinking bird only because I, I had the situation with the bird. I can't. Man. Is it? Was it a bird?
0: No, it's it's not. I'll put it this: way. it's. I, I don't know if they're a reptile or amphibians. I don't know. There's there's my a lizard. F- oh, okay. a turtle, a friggin' a turtle. Tur- uh, th- yeah, I could see the shell causing that oh to go right through. Oh my goodness, how did the turtle get so high? Well, that's the thing. They were saying that the turtle must have been crossing the street and it got clipped by another car, like you said, with the angle flipped up, flipped up, flipped up. and then went right through a windshield. Conked this poor woman right on the forehead where she had to get, she had a gash and everything. And then in the end, the turtle survived. The turtle's fine. Everything's fine. The woman had to change her windshield and all that. But I guess in the end, it was an all right story.
2: Oh, Oh, my goodness. I'm glad she's okay, though. So she'll, she'll have a, a turtle phobia for her life, though.
0: So now here's here's my cheap uh, I guess old man joke. So what do you get when you when you when the turtle crosses the road? You get hit in the head by it.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness! Hmm, yeah. Hey, you know what? Uh, I'm famous for bad jokes, anyways. And if you you read my book, Edge will mention that. So because he, he wrote the foreword to it. Oh, okay yeah, so,
0: and uh, he he's actually labeled it Bad Corderas jokes. <laughs> so. Well, there you go. Well, Jimmy, I really appreciate you coming aboard today. It was a pleasure. It was an honor. Thank you very much, sir. If you want to plug your socials anything anyone anything you want to plug, floor is all yours.
2: Okay, uh, well, well, like you said, I am on Twitter and Instagram on Twitter at Jimmy Corderas on Instagram at real Jimmy Corderas, because apparently somebody else. Stole my name or something really? like that because it wouldn't take. Oh I don't know. God. It just I had to add the real to it because it wouldn't take Jimmy Corderas. Okay. I'm there. Um, I'm also got my Refing Rants that I do daily on my yes. uh, social media accounts, and I also have Refing Rant T-shirts available Ooh. at ProWrestlingTees.com/slash Jimmy the Ref. And of course, if you haven't purchased it yet, you there can uh, purchase this book, The Three Count: My Life in Stripes as a WWE Referee um which chronicles my year and what i'm hoping to get soon mm. and thank you to the wife for bringing these on is this is the
0: nice mugs
2: that's what now that's what's on the t-shirts but i'm that's looking nice. to get coffee mugs too so hopefully in nice. the future they will be available to you, anyone who wants them soon nice and i also <laughs> want to say thank you for having me on it was a pleasure to chat with you and just have some fun and reminisce and it was cool man
0: really appreciate it and for myself you can find me on Twitter and Instagram under finger styles you can follow the podcast on Twitter the podcast app email us your thoughts suggestions comments anything you want to get off your chest at the podcast app at gmail.com rewind right to the top of the show support those fine sponsors because if it helps them out it helps me out and again please most importantly rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms now before I let you go one last thing you brought it up the ref and rants obviously I wanted to touch on this quickly <laughs> how did this all come to be and I love the idea of it being a quick 15 to 30 second rant on social media. So in and out, that's it.
2: Now, now, again, that started with uh, the the young lady who happens to be uh, uh, now sharing my same last name. Uh, <laughs> it was her idea because okay. she would hear me every once in a while, you know, like I'd be watching so I'd be watching wrestling. Sure. On television. And she'd right. be on the computer doing her stuff, or doing her, what she needs to do. And I would say something, just blurt it out. She goes, well, why don't you do that? why don't you why don't you do that on social media just you know like i said yeah but uh, you know you can only do it so I, I we kept it to under a minute right that's all a quick because you know people's attention spans these days so of she, course. you know we need a name for it we need a name for it uh instead instead of swearing i thought it sounds like swearing ref and rant right of course instead of f and rant so that you know we we came up with the idea and. It was kind of like a collaborative effort.
0: Let's put it that way. That's so cool. Yeah, because I love these things. Like I look forward to when I have my coffee in the morning looking at this and seeing what's going on in your opinion, obviously. Because, again, you come from the industry, so I value your opinion. Not to say that people who aren't in the business don't have opinions either, but you have the insider edge to it, and I see it in a different sort of light. And one of them I just want to touch quickly is you talking about the tag team division and how there should only be one belt. I've been saying this for friggin' years, ever since they introduced mm-hmm. the two-belt system. I never understood. If you're not a tag team eccentric promotion, why have those two titles?
2: Exactly. And, and, and uh, um, I know, like with the women's title, they did it first there, and I like that better. Right. It makes more sense. You know, I get it for, for having a, a brand-specific champion. Mm-hmm. Like you have the universal champion and the world heavyweight champion. Or the WWE champion and the Universal Champion, that makes sense. But for tag teams, you can have at least them go. But like you said, if there was if there was like deeper tag divisions on each show, Mm -hmm. then you can make a case for 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 having two tag titles.
0: That makes sense. That makes absolute sense. And one last thing too. I'm so sorry, but I just started this quickly. We just had WrestleMania Backlash, the whole zombie thing. Now, everyone's saying this sets back the industry, this, this, and that. Again, in my opinion, I love the circus. I'm not saying it's the best thing, but setback what? Like, I never understood that statement.
2: Okay. Uh, The the setback 30 years thing came because the... Uh, there was a comment made about the 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 two cage two ring cage match that was on AEW. Okay. And somebody said that that match set the industry back thirty years. Gotcha. You okay. know? so yeah. so it was kind of like a shot back at the WWE for that. Okay. Me, I did I didn't like the zombie thing only because I thought that match was designed to um get Damian Priest over, right. get him elevated okay. to the next level, and Miss is a good guy. Uh, to help do that. Of course. But I thought the zombies took that attention away from it, and mm. even despite the fact that he won the match, he didn't, he went over, he didn't get over. Gotcha. Because of all the distraction from the zombies. Makes sense. I get it. There, it was a cross-promotion thing, and they were having a little exactly. fun with it, but it, it didn't accomplish
0: the goal at the end of the day of getting Damian Priest over. Ah, uh, Let's see, again, from the insider's look. See, I never thought of it at that point. And there you go. So that's why you guys got to check out Ref and Rant every day. <laughs> Exa- that's what I do and on that note he's Jimmy I'm Steve this is the podcast peace